Welcome to Chihuahua Bat 2.0, Surviving in the Public Classroom. I'm Swan, and my partner here is Mala, and we are the Chihuahua Bats. I think the last time we spoke, we were driving back down from Wisconsin. We did land in Texas, and we had to pick up our our lives there. Um, We are retired educators. And having a blast, uh, Mala's way famous because she's a famous painter, so tell them about your life as a painter here. All right. Well, I show in a little art gallery on Ranch Road 12 called Art on 12, okay, of course in Wimberley. Yes. I have a wall, and uh, I've been painting some really bright, in-your-face kind of paintings, and my last painting... <laughs> Uh, a huge one, 36 yeah. by 36, yeah. Hawaiian rainbow oh, trees. and it's gorgeous. And who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, anyway, come visit me. Yes. And I, after retirement, um, wrote a book uh, about my experience, a five-year period of my teaching journey. And it's where I found myself literally standing in hell. I know that's not a good word, but... Um, and I said to myself, oh, what am I going to do? Uh, I had a choice. If you'd ever told me, I would have been in that. It was sort of a warehouse situation. I shared it with theater arts. And I had a, a clinic without a roof right next to me. So you can just imagine all the fun we had. And um, I just thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And, and so I had a choice. I could just whine and complain or I could step up and, and find a solution. And thank God. Mala was my department head at the time, and together we sort of um, tackled this challenge. But I felt like, you know what, um, I think I need to tell my story because I think we can all find ourselves standing in a huge challenge. I give you this year with the pandemic and in a situation that you never predicted, thought could happen, and to know that, you know, you have a choice. So the name of my book is Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat. You can find it on Amazon, and I always tell people, if you think you're going through a hard time, read my book, and you're going to feel a whole lot better about your situation. So, today's episode is just going to be a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and so I first kind of need to catch everyone up because I've I've been silent for several weeks, uh, and there's a reason for that. I'm in uh, remodeling hell. My daughter is trying to sell her townhome, and of course, we're updating it, and of course, mom and dad are retired, so guess who gets to come over and and help and organize, and so I've never really wanted to flip a house, but that's basically what I'm doing, so when we get home, we're just dead dog tired, so that's kind of why I've stepped back a little bit from my blogging and podcasting, and also, um, my last series of podcasts I was interviewing teachers, and I wanted them to tell the story, their journey of how they became an educator. And now that school has started back, Mm -hmm. and of course, we're in the middle of balancing this pandemic and different types of instruction, um, we've put that on hold, mainly because the teachers are exhausted. But also, just the pandemic, we're we're kind of distancing ourselves. So I do have more teachers who do want to tell their stories. I've actually had some requests for more information about particular teacher stories. So uh, that will be coming as soon as we feel like it's safe to do that. So today, for a little bit of this, a little bit of that, um, I was going to update you because uh, Mala and I keep in touch with 
teachers still in the classroom. We're kind of a safe, I guess, audience. Maybe. Yeah, I think we're a, a sounding board, Susan. It's like, you know, when you were talking about your incident, you yes. know, in mm-hmm. the book where it was uh, pretty rugged, it really, was. without any materials or a decent room or decent desk or decent chalkboard, blackboard, whatever you call it, whiteboard and, yeah. and technology. Um the one thing you didn't mention, we, yes, you made it. I did. But we did it with fun. We did. And we also, what I noticed, the kids really became our advocates. Why did they? And, uh, and that's sort of what I think is we've got to go for now. Right. And we didn't realize how much power we really had with the situation. That's true. And I'll, I think that's what we're going to address here, too. Yeah, because I, as I talk to my colleagues still in the classroom, and they have a heck of a balancing act because it depends on the district they're in, but many of them are having to do remote instruction, like 50-minute lessons, and are having to do face-to-face 50-minute, and it's it's apples and oranges. Right. Uh, and kids are coming in and leaving based on illness or based on I can't do remote or, you know. So, um as I listen to them, and they're, they're dead dog tired. They're getting home at 10 o'clock at night, and they have to start all over again. And, mm-hmm. you know, I finally said to one of my friends, I said, you know, this is hard to do, and I know you don't want to do it, but I said, you really have more power than you realize. Mm-hmm. You are your own best advocate. And I guess the bottom line in the book is success is really always up to you. That's you right. like to think your bosses, your leaders, your whomever, your colleagues have your back, but many times they don't often realize their power. So really, you have the power, and you really have to go in, close the door, or, or email if you want, and, and be nice, but say, I really think I need to share where I am. In other words, be a teacher to your boss. Yeah. Be a teacher to your colleagues. Absolutely. You know, use yeah. use your creative ideas True. to help them learn about what yes. you're facing. And I often said, you know, if you're going to go in and, and maybe, I don't know if complaint's the right word, but vent, um, you better have kind of a solution to present. Correct. Correct. Or an idea, because otherwise it kind of falls on deaf ears. But, um, I, I, you know, I really encourage this person to go in. I said, you need to tell your principal where you are. You need to say, I'm, I'm not going to be able to make it. Mm-hmm. Because they know, but they don't know, because they're right. dealing with their own issues. Yeah. And I said, I guarantee you, you're speaking for the whole faculty. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, they they really respect her as an educator. So I mm-hmm. felt like if she went in and said, look, I'm, I'm dying here, and that's hard for you to say, because she's not a quitter, um, then it makes them realize they have to kind of step up and do their job. And sadly, you kind of have to remind people to do their jobs. Yeah, you know what I mean? True. And I think back, you know, when we were dealing with my, you know, chaos, I didn't realize the power I had back then. You no. know, I really had the power to go in and say, help me here. But of course, you know, when you're teaching, you've got so much going on that by the time you get to your conference period, often if you go in, the administrator you need is not there. Right, there right. Or you're just so caught up in you know, making phone calls. I got to grade these tests that, you know, you're like, OK, I'll deal with it tomorrow and tomorrow never comes. So, you know, part of that was on me. But I also, you know, thinking back on the administration that uh-huh. we had, 
uh, a couple of the people were new in the position, so they were kind of overwhelmed. But I, I honestly think, given their personalities, that had we gone in, and, and I did go in a couple of times, it really fell on, on deaf ears. Well, I That think, was my thought. I think as we matured, though, Susan, right. I think we could have taught the administrator because we were respected. We were. We were respected. That's and, true. And, and I love that we were. Yes. That, that's important because we right. worked. We, we were did. there before oh the sun God. came yeah. up and when it came down. Right. So, I mean, we, we yeah. did our due. We did. We really did. Yeah. And I'm really thinking now it has to be teamwork. It really does. It I can't agree. be. It can't be. Them and us, it can't be that anymore. Uh, This is so different now, and there's there's so many different things coming in at us. And that goes with the kids, too. But right now, I don't want to get off on that. No, no, no. I want to talk about the administration. Right. Because uh, it's not a time. I'm not talking about whining. No, no. Nope. I'm not talking about whining on each other. Beyond that. Yeah, or beyond that. It's like solution time. It is. And uh, the stories, and I want you to re- relate them because okay. I have not heard them. You're right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So what I'm hearing is, and, and it depends on the districts. Um, some districts have chosen teachers to run the remote classes and have chosen others to do face-to-face. And it was based on the teacher's strengths, which I love. I do uh, too. Makes sense. Right. Others have said... You know, if you teach freshman English one, you're going to do remote lessons and you're also going to do the face to face. And in districts that are requiring that of the same teacher, they're killing those teachers yeah. because it's 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 not like you can just push something out on the computer and go, OK, go to this website, do these assignments and send it back in. It's nothing uh-huh. like that. It's like you have to record at least a 15, 20 minute video lesson. You have to open it. You have to have several practice activities. You have to assess them every day mm-hmm. and record it because that's how we check attendance and that's how we check the child actually did something, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's a whole lesson in itself. And then you've got your face-to-face. And uh, some districts have done the remote and the face-to-face with synchronous instruction, meaning if you're in biology one at 8.05, you log into your computer and the teacher does the instruction. And if you're sitting in the classroom, you participate. And if you're sitting at home through Google Class or Zoom or whatever, then there's one lesson per se. It's just that the remote kids have logged in and they're watching from their home. And to me, as a district, you had to offer remote just for health and safety standpoint, because we, we had no idea how this you know virus was going to um continue and how it was going to end up. So I guess, you know, you did have to offer remote, but to me, when you offered remote, it was just so that you were not in the classroom around people. Mm -hmm. To me, it didn't mean, okay, you could do remote. You could do it whenever you felt like it. I didn't feel like that was Uh -uh. the way to go. Now, I know that parents are working or even if they're working at home, you can't be by your child 24 seven. I get it. But if you choose remote, that's part of it. Your yeah. child has to be mature enough to do the lessons as best they can. Mm-hmm. Um, so the districts that said, okay, you know, provide the remote lessons and the people can do it whenever are the ones that are killing 
their teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have noticed, and it, this is not just Texas. I mean, I, I, today I went to get a flu shot and the pharmacist said, oh, former teacher. He said, I have a buddy in Pennsylvania that's teaching. And I said, oh, my gosh, how's it going? He goes, it's horrible. I said, is he having to do remote and face-to-face? He, he goes, yes, and he's dying. I said, let me guess. Getting home at 10 o'clock, he goes, sometimes 11 p.m. And he said he came down here to visit, and he went, oh, my gosh, I need to come to Texas. And I said, yeah, he does. But I said, you know, it depends on the district because they're doing that as well. But I said, so this is across the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, If if districts have chosen that format, um, they're really, really putting a strain on the teachers. And what I'm hearing is we're going to see a lot of resignations and a lot of retirements Mm -hmm. because they're just so exhausted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And this is beyond the normal exhaustion that you would see. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because they're they're maintaining almost two separate mm-hmm. classes, mm-hmm. two separate groups of people. So that's going on. Um, but on the other hand, some of my colleagues' districts have, once they got to that first grading period, they said, all right. They looked at the data of the remote. The majority of their kids were not progressing as well. Okay. as if they had been in class. So they made a decision and they said, okay, from this point on, we're only offering face-to-face. If you still want remote, you can do homeschooling. You can do, like in the state of Texas, they have education online. Mm-hmm. You can enroll there. You can enroll in a private school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you will have to withdraw here because we're no longer going to offer I did not remote. know that. Well, and, okay. and so, you know, I like that because... Here's what I say to districts. I say, pick your format and then develop your format and excel. Uh Um, I think it's time to shut down the buffet line because, you know, in in one district, uh, when they were following up with the kids that were remotely Mm -hmm. learning, but they were failing, when they went to check on them, uh, several of them had jobs. So here's what they oh, were doing. Man. Yeah, mom and dad were like, yeah, let's do remote. Okay, go get a job and then come home at night and do your schoolwork. Oh, so, goodness. well, it was kind of like, let's have our cake and eat it too right, kind of right, thing. Right. So I was like, well, yeah, duh. You know, teenagers, yeah. they're going to yeah. get away with whatever they can get away with. Um, so my thing, you know, is, is I listened to the teachers, uh, the districts that did choose their formats and said, okay, we're going to shut down remote. Um, now, if kids get sick, then we just treat them like they're homesick. You right, know, we'll right. send this just week's like assignment. Yes, and then that in itself is a task. Um, so, I mean, that is fine. Um, but the districts that are requiring the remote and the very structured remote and the face-to-face, they're the ones that are really putting a strain on the educators. And when I went in and I talked to a couple mm-hmm. of them, I was up in the Lubbock area recently, and I said, so why is it that you're afraid to say we're just going to do face-to-face now? And they said, we're, we're afraid of losing money. We're going to lose like $2 million. Oh. And I said, right. And I said, so how are you going to lose money? And they said, we're afraid the kids will withdraw and maybe mm-hmm. they'll do homeschool. And I said, you know, I think initially you might see that, but mm-hmm. I said, once things settle down, I said, it's real hard to beat right. know, class instruction. Right. It really is. Yes, because is. you have that access to the teacher instantly. That's right. And I said, um, so you may take a loss initially, but I said, I we taught 
for how many years? Yeah, 30 years? 30. We, yeah. we, we know it all. So yeah. <laughs> um, don't ask if you don't want to know because we don't sugarcoat anymore. No, no, we <laughs> Those don't. days are gone. But um, so I think, you know, money was a big issue as to why they, um, they did not uh, just say, here, we're going to just do face-to-face. So m- my hope is that more and more districts by semester will say, okay, you know, we're just gonna, mm-hmm. we're just gonna go for it. And, and then I was talking with another person. And I said, okay, tell me honestly, do you have a lot of COVID? She said, no, I have maybe seven or eight people that were exposed. And okay. she said, I'm, I'm guessing they don't say that because that's a private matter. But when I get questions like, where did so-and-so sit and who was by so-and-so and did they have their mask on the whole time? She goes, then I know someone has mm-hmm. gone for testing. Uh-huh. And she said, that's maybe seven or eight people. Okay. Um, and I said, well, that's less than I thought because, you know, I thought initially, okay, bring them all back in and kind of like the flu, we're going to have some outbreak right? until we get it under control. And so there's been a little bit of that. Uh-huh. Um, uh, two teachers had, you know, actually been exposed from family members, not from the classroom situation at all, because, you know, everybody's in a mask and they're, they're separated. If not six feet, I would say they're at least three feet apart. And of course, a lot of the, you know, partner work has gone by the wayside just out of safety. So she, you know, she indicated that, you know, there had been some cases, but it didn't just explode Uh like we thought. So, you know, I said, so would you, Recommend face-to-face or keep remote? She goes, I say bring them in and, and let's just be careful okay. and see how it oh, goes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I, I hope um, districts will, you know, pick your format and then excel at your format. That, mm-hmm. That's what I hope. Um, so anyway, so to change subject matters a little bit. I was talking with um, another colleague, and I know I can't mention names, so this gets very confusing, but I, I apologize that. Um, I was listening. Actually, I, I was driving to Mala's house, and we were going to eat dinner, and um, a friend called me. So I was sitting out in my car on the phone, and I was listening, and um, she was saying life had gotten a little bit better for her because she is an intern, so they're kind of sharing the load. And I said, well, thank God, but bless your other te-. She goes, yeah, the other teachers are dying if they don't have an intern. But anyway, she was saying that um, kind of, I guess, sympathizing with her principal saying that, you know, I can go in and close the door and kind of get some joy from teaching. But the principals really have it hard because, you know, they're dealing with the COVID people and they have regular discipline and like parents are calling and, and complaining. And so, you know, I listened very quietly. And then I said, I said, OK, I said, yes, um, they have a hard job right now but I said when you choose to lead you choose to step up and take on these hard challenges I said because not everybody leads Mm -hmm. and the reason is it's hard Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be hard and I don't care what kind of leader you are I don't care if you're a principal if you're a CEO if you're like just the leader the head of your household the president for God's sakes I said when you step up to lead it's a hard job. That's right. And it's supposed to be a hard job. And it's not that I don't sympathize with this principle. You know, I, I do. They have a hard job. But she chose it. That's right. She chose to lead. And so I think that good and, leaders, mm-hmm. or go ahead, I mean, great leaders, they're creative. Yeah, they're creative. And actually, 
they enjoy leading. Yes. Yeah, they they chose that. And so they do because they can make the policy and they can make it better for the people that work in their area. And that's what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be supporting their teachers or supporting their employees or their citizens and making things better. And a great, great leader loves the challenge. When something comes up, they look at it and they go, okay, how can we solve this rather than, Mm -hmm. oh no, here Mm -hmm. we go again. And I said, of all the administrators I have talked to, they all admitted they went into administration because they wanted to leave the classroom. They all wanted to leave the classroom. Not the reason. No. Two or three admitted, yes, they wanted out of the classroom because they wanted to make the teacher's experience so much better. And to make changes in in their district. Absolutely. I mean, they can change the whole community. Yes, if they wanted to. But but you've got to find joy in it, and you've also got to realize. You like the challenge. You like the challenge and know that you're going to, it's 24-7. It is. It is. I'm sorry, but it is. And especially now with digital and technology, they have access to you. But I just... You know, yes, I I feel for principals. I feel for administration because no one saw this pandemic coming. So that has added extra work. But, oh, my God, look what it's added to the teacher as well. And so I just I had to say to her and it was very kind. And I said, oh, yes, I have her job. But I said, you know how I feel about those that choose to lead. Mm -hmm. They must step up and lead. And one thing I want to mention, do you realize at this time, that these leaders, if they are leaders, uh-huh. are going to change education oh. forever. Ever. And I, and I, I mean, I and they're they they're in the part that they're going to yes. be a part of this. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's like wow. you know, uh, it may be all virtual. I mean, we don't know. We don't know, and that's okay too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like I say, if you're a district, if you want to be remote, pick remote, and let's yeah. be the best that's, remote teachers we could right. ever be. You want to be face to face, then let's you know, let's focus on that. Um, but, you know, this, you know, let's do this, let's do that. Again, you're taking the teacher's plate and you're adding more and more to it. That's right. And it, it really comes down to preparation time. They just need time to prepare. I mean, if you're a good teacher, it takes time to prepare. That's right. And you want it takes all forever. I mean, if they say, here's an extra 20 minutes. Well, great. That just I just got my materials That's together. Right. <laughs> I need That's another right. hour to think about. And for me. It was about the sequencing of what I was going to do. You right. know what I mean? And that takes, I called it creative time. That that just takes time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I could have opened the book and said, okay, let's do this, 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 and this, and called it teaching. Right. Yeah. But that wasn't good no, teaching. No, it's not good for the kids either. And one, yeah. one thing I wanted to say about this. Now, I'm not good with fantasy, and I'm not good with sci-fi, but we're almost there. Oh, yeah. Uh, what about even making a decent studio for a person that is doing the, and also yeah. having all the bells and we need recording booths. That's, that's what they right, need, almost right. like a TV station it, go into the edit bay. That's exactly what they need. And that's what they need. That's where we're coming. Yeah, we don't, you know, we don't need a aid to help. We actually need a tech person. We do. To come in and help. And that was brought up. I was talking to someone else. And of course, what is it? It's November, right? Yeah, right. Uh, the IT people were actually going into the classroom during conference periods and kind of showing them ways, I guess, to shortcut however they were doing their remote. And I said, okay, so that, that should have happened back in August. That's right. That during the happened. summer, it should have been. Yeah. yeah. And I said, you know, I know we didn't really know how this was going to unfold, you know, but I said to me, 
the one thing that bothers me in education, it's always like they're a day late and a dollar short trying to give teachers what they really need. And right now what they need is time. They need dedicated days where they can just go in and do what they need to do, not have a meeting, not have, you know, special ed over here, ESL over here. Right. Uh, they need time to go in and just, you know, stop and think, where am I going to be? I know a couple of districts have added some work days for teachers just for the teacher without an agenda, um, which I think, okay, yes, that's a positive mood, but we've just given them two extra days for the whole year. Oh. It, to me, it was another Band-Aid. It is you know a Band-Aid. I mean, no, I mean no, yes, no. thank you very much. You didn't have to, but that was another Band-Aid. And someone said, well, what about the instructional minutes? I said, look, here's the thing. I said, yes, there are, you know, there are instructional minutes you have to meet every academic year. However, in this situation, great leaders go to TEA or go to their state legislative body That's and they right. say, okay, Here's our plan, but we're going to have to be flexible. We're going to have to modify it because here's where the data we have now. Here's uh-huh. where our kids are. So we're going to be flexible. We're going to modify this plan, and we're now going to do this. And I mm-hmm. said, if your leaders aren't doing that, they need to step down. That's right. Because I said, you can approach these people and say, hey, this is what we sent out a plan. This mm-hmm. is where we are in the pandemic, but this is what we need to do now. And and, and that is what you're supposed to be doing. Not, Oh, we sent in the plan. We got to stick to it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, oh, if no. that's happening, boot yeah. those people yeah. out and, and get someone in who wants to be. And let's look at the education tree. Okay. Kids are first. Yep. Then teachers. Yep. Then the administrators. Yeah. Are. Nobody else counts after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm and then, and then yep. they have to have the, all this information yes. to deal with the politicians. And I'm going to call politicians. I'm yeah, sorry. It's very political. Yeah. yeah quite honestly. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. and I think, I think you've got to work district by district because we're yeah. so different. We have oh, the yeah. farm districts, we have the yeah. city districts, we have demographics. Demographics. Really play we have, a part. Yeah. Yeah. And we have, and thought that regardless of what the state said I thought if more control local control like at you know the campus level because even from you know high school middle school elementary the needs change and uh, you should be able to do what you need to do for your people and the thing about it is being being in Texas we all know this we know this like uh, Susan and I Uh uh, I know she knows she wants to be called Swan but to me she's Susan I'll be whatever okay thank you Mm -hmm. anyway I've taught in districts where I would say about 40% of the kids are in ESL oh yes okay now that is very different oh yeah so, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, you've mm-hmm. got to teach the children. Yes. And you've got to trust the teacher. Oh, yeah. And the teacher better know. And they usually do. They usually. Teachers yeah. Usually I mean, to survive, you've got, to, you've got yeah. to know your kids and exactly. love them and, and want to educate them. Right. And one story I'll never forget, I was teaching and they put me in uh, this remote little building, you know. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and by the way, these are all the kids that can't pass the tests. Well, the reason they couldn't pass the test is because they could not speak English. And that the might test, be a reason. That's a reason. And at, th- at that time, maybe it's different now, and I'm sure it is, yeah. but at that time, the tests were given in English. Yes. Okay. So we were just sort of set aside, and I made the decision to – I'm going to teach them to read. There you go. That's probably more important than anything else. Yeah. So I, I 
we were a one-room classroom with a whole bunch of different levels. <laughs> and what we did was that first whole semester, I taught reading. Which saved their lives. Which saved their lives. And I don't care, you know, oh, you know, science and math and all this. Got to read first. Got to read first. And math is sort of wonderful because you don't have. It's a universal language. It's a universal language. So they could could survive in math. Right. But the reading. And so Uh I was able, because I was ostracized, (laughs) literally. Go handle it. Right. Yeah, go handle it, that I was able to be a real teacher. I love that. And I loved it. And that's why I'm saying it's got to be district by district. You've got to trust the teachers. Right. And the data, I hate to say it, it's got to, you've got to be able to say, all right, the data is this because of this. This, Right. Give them time to catch up. And then the data will improve. And the data will improve and it did improve. Awesome. Okay. So this is my little input to. Uh, well, that's why you're a chihuahua bat. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we just, we've been thrown into situation. We just rolled up our sleeves and did what we had yeah. to do. Yeah. Regardless. Students came first. Absolutely. And I wouldn't even look at the data because I didn't want anything to skew what I saw. Uh, they exactly. Needed. And then. Yeah. Give me, I'd say, give me time. Give me time. Yeah. I'll get your numbers. And yeah. We would get them in the end. Yeah. But. Um, we had to have our way. I had to have that yes. safety zone. Absolutely. We just had to have that time. All right. So I think we've uh, given them what they wanted to hear, right? I think so. <laughs> it's our opinion whether you, <laughs> you like it or not. All right. So we're going to end here. Uh, and I will be back. I promise every day I get these updates from all my social media platforms. Going, we haven't heard from Chihuahua Bat. And I was like, I know, I know, because I'm remodeling and, um, you know, Hopefully the house goes on the market soon. I'll be back to my uh, regular blogging and podcasting self. So anyway, um, we're going to say that's all for now. And we hope you have a A Chihuahua Bat Bat Day. Day.